so you know we get there two weeks in I'm you know diligently working and um so I'm on the basketball team on the Air Force One team um which at the time you know it's that was like the hottest team to be on it was so sick yeah um yeah but yeah like you said two weeks in we get this company-wide email restructuring reorganization you know um there is it was following a lot of you know already a lot of cuts and um i look around and all the full-time employees are they're they're scrambling they're like you know so i'm sitting there thinking how am i going to get a job when everybody else including the people that are i want to hire me are also worried if they're going to have a job this is claim of stories a show about professionals working in the sportswear industry and the incredible careers they've been able to claim I'm Bima, and on today's show, recorded during Claim of Stories Live, an interview series we hosted through Zoom in an effort to uplift spirits and offer hope to job seekers of color during the coronavirus pandemic. How Bryce Wong went from experimenting with projects in his parents' garage to designing some of your favorite Nike sneakers in the market right now. Bryce is one of the most creative people I've ever met. Just take a look at his Instagram page. One day you'll see him creating limited prints of his art. The next you'll see him sharing his latest tattoo design. But when he's not staying inspired through his side passions, he spends his time as a footwear designer in Nike skateboarding. If you purchased a pair of Dunks recently, chances are Bryce had a hand in designing them. Although Bryce has only been in the sportswear industry since 2017, he's interned at a lot of different companies, including Vans, Greats, and even Sean John. But his interest in product design wasn't always there, and in fact, he didn't know exactly what it was until a random trip he took to Portland during his senior year of high school. When I spoke with Bryce about his upbringing in Irvine, California, he really struggled with personally connecting to the culture in his hometown. So yeah, I grew up in Orange County, California, um, more specifically uh, Irvine. So just background on Irvine, it's uh, I think one of the one of the safest cities in America, biggest one of the biggest oh, master plan communities. Um, everything's beige, everything looks the same. So um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was an interesting upbringing. I definitely. You know, I appreciate it now. Back then, is so boring, and there's nothing to do. There's nowhere to go. Um, so a lot of my time came down to playing with my friends, skating, drawing, yeah. building. Um, yeah. I'd say mostly. Mm-hmm. You know, when I wasn't hanging out with my friends, I was hanging out in my garage, kind of tinkering with old yeah. toys. You know, parts that I've found lying around, <laughs> like trying to just make things. Um, mm-hmm. Back then, yeah. YouTube was kind of in its infancy, but you could start to find some mm-hmm. different instructional videos on how to make things, how to you know build things properly. Um, so I did my best with all that kind of stuff. Um, and like, where did that come from? Like, where were you? Like, what inspired you to just start tinkering and taking um, toys apart? <laughs> looking back, it's definitely from my parents. Uh, my mom is super creative. My dad is super creative as well and has a bit of an engineering mind um those i mean they both come from the medical field so back then i didn't really understand um i didn't realize it and i you know i I would chalk it up to boredom but i think it was a mix of boredom (laughs) and 
just a little bit of that creative spark from my folks. Um, and they're always super supportive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, it came down to getting good grades and uh, doing, uh, yeah. like, doing well in sports just so I could get, so I can, you know, ask for band saws and go do the yeah the yeah thing i could ask for to tools do, right? and like power <laughs> drills and and stuff like that so i could you know get home from school and just you know go to town on whatever i was trying to create next um yeah it was i mean it, it was i want to say it was a normal upbringing but it, there was definitely some aspects that i think um i mean definitely shaped who i am yeah totally and where you're you know you were raised there your entire childhood were your parents like did they did they live anywhere else before um so my county my mom came from sacramento um so she was you know northern california my dad his family has been in southern california um in like los angeles county for man for forever almost um i'm like third generation my my grandparents were born here um so we had a you know it was a long history of that i think um my dad's side of the family kind of had this different way of going about. I mean, it was like the kind of the American dream situation where, you know, Mm. ancestors Mm -hmm. come over, we try and, you know, assimilate, we try and be successful. Um, They owned a grocery store in South central LA. It was like the neighborhood grocery store. So, um, you know, there's a lot of that (laughs) kind of influence on my life and my dad, the next generation after that, he wanted to become a doctor right. just so he could provide and, and you know, claim that success that, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's chasing back in the day, um, which I think in, in turn, both my parents kind of had a little bit of that upbringing. So they were so supportive of me when I, when I told them, you know, I, hey, I want to, I think I want to be an artist. You know, at the time, that's what I thought yeah. was the avenue for creativity. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah I mean. Definitely, definitely good support from a kind of a non-traditional uh, medicine background. background. Yeah. Yeah. And so did you, all right. So you, you kind of started, you were tinkering around as, you know, a teenager and you were doing some of these other things. You never felt like that pressure to go follow in their path or be a doctor or something along that yeah, direction. You know, funny enough, back, I think when I was in high school, middle of high school, kind of getting serious about college. Um, I, d- I did sit down with my dad and I was like, mm-hmm. Hey, just, you know, just out of curiosity, do you think I should go into medicine? Um, as if I had the grades for it <laughs> or the focus, but, um, you know, <laughs> just, just asking the question like, Hey, should I, uh, should I pursue mm-hmm. a career in that? It seems like you've, you know, you've done really well for yourself. You've been able to raise a family and, and, you know, it's, I, I'll never forget it. Cause it was kind of that advice that sticks with you. And he just said, no, yeah. well, I mean, he asked, he said, do you want Straight to, up, no. is that something you're, you're interested in? And I was like, I don't think so. And he's like, then you shouldn't do it. Um, which surprised me. Oh, wow. Um, just, just because, you know, it's, everybody's trying to carve out their path and, mm-hmm. um, knowing that it's a, you know, it's a good career to go into medicine, but he, you know, he, I don't think he actually wanted to be a doctor. Uh, he's, a, he's good at it and he's been doing it a long mm-hmm. time, but when it comes mm-hmm. down to it, I think he wanted to do something creative. He wanted to do something where he was building. Mm-hmm. But he think it was just more so the era that he grew up in. And maybe there wasn't so much exposure to you could be successful in these other lanes versus like he knew that if he went to medical school, 
he graduated, he did residency, that he would be making a certain amount of money and to be able to. Yeah, I think it was exactly that. Um, And I'm super lucky that, you know, I I was I get to benefit from my dad's hard work. Um, So, I you know, I looked up to it and I think um, and and I still do, you know, I'm very appreciative of what he's provided for me. And um but I, you know, I still, you know, I thank him for, for giving me that advice because it got me to where I am today. Um, cause part of it was the advice wasn't just about going into medicine. It's about doing what you wanted to do, doing what you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. luckily, you know, yeah. having his guidance, I was able to kind of carve out that path to, you know, to yeah. some, find some success and also be still using and utilizing my creative passions. Um, but yeah, like kind of what you're saying, you know, going back, my, even my uncle, who's an architect, uh, I mean, he's a graphic designer now. Mm-hmm. He's trained as an architect, but it's because he had that okay. creative drive, wanted to pursue it. But his, but my grandparents, his parents, yeah. were really like, "All right, architecture is the only you know real pursuit that will, like, that will support um, having you know being creative and yeah. it's a, it's a career, <laughs> you know." Um, so that you know is you know looking at yeah. that and then seeing the support that I got from my parents really made a huge difference in my life which you know it's really cool because now now i'm here making shoes yeah now you're now you're able to do you know the things that you want to do and um so in, in in high school still growing up though you you were you did lean into the the art side but you were also a big sports fan yeah um i mean because even you know 15 15 years ago i mean growing up i'm not that old but you know even as a kid and kind of getting into my high school years, art was a hobby, you know, unless you're going to become, mm-hmm. I mean, becoming a painter, becoming an illustrator, you know, there's definitely avenues to do that. But it's not something that, especially yeah. growing up in Irvine, where academics is is king, um, that wasn't really a path. So, yeah, sports was a huge thing for me. Um, I grew up playing water polo. I grew up swimming, playing volleyball. Um, But I was like, you know, I I got my like varsity letterman's jacket in the closet still kind of thing. So, yeah, that was a huge part (laughs) of my life. Um, And I really, you know, I was really trying to go play sports in college and and do that whole thing. And, you know, and then it it kind of, I mean, it didn't really play out. I, I was, I was just more interested in the creative field. Um, but you know, what it did yeah. do is teach me to and I think, really be with a team and work with a team. So, yeah. Uh, that's a, yeah, the, the, the teamwork part, that aspect comes in mm-hmm. super handy, uh, when you do translate Absolutely. to that corporate environment and office. Um, but also like not in a corporate environment, you still need to work with a team, uh, even if you're doing it from Absolutely. an independent standpoint. Um, one of the things I wanted to follow up with you on was um, I know that you started to lean in more to the art side and you had this trip that you took to Portland uh, your senior year, about 2010. And um, it was super impactful for you um, in thinking where you would take your career from a directional standpoint. Yeah. What, what happened um, on this trip? So it was, uh, yeah, so it was, I was heading into my senior year. It was like, I mean, sure, most people know that that's kind of where you're figuring out where you want to go after after high school what you're going to try and do and I was still a little bit lost um but again support coming from my parents my mom she uh, had a friend of so it was a friend whose fam whose family friend 
was a designer. Okay. Um, so they they started talking and um, what I think to her it sounded like, hey, you know, that sounds like something Bryce would like, working <laughs> with his hands, being creative, designing. Yeah. Um, and design for me was not in my vocabulary back then. Yeah, you weren't you know, using that word to describe what you were doing. No, it's like designer. You know, you think like I'm a fashion designer. You yeah. know, it's like it, yeah. it had a different, a different, a different feeling back then. Um, it was a little like it was less well known as as an industry in general. So, um, you know, it was lucky for me. My mom, our family friend's family friend, <laughs> was up in Portland. Um, actually, happened to be the founder of Ziba. Uh, and Zebra's like, agency. what is it? Okay. Yeah, so it's a product consultancy. Um, they they do a bunch of like consumer electronics, um, a lot of design thinking. Um, so I mean, at the time, I just made no sense to me, but I was like, yeah, <laughs> trip yeah, up to I'll Portland try. with my friends. Yeah, heck yeah, let's do it. So yeah. you know, we jump we jump on up here. Me and two buddies. Uh, one was a senior already, and one was I think going into one was like a freshman in college doing graphic design. So. Um, a few like a few different directions to to seek out, but we actually got to stay at the founder's house, um, wow. in his basement and wow. like right into work with him and get yeah. the, the full tour. <laughs> um, so for a couple weeks we we're there and we were shadowing and kind of like participating in projects um, with the rest of the designers, <laughs> um, sitting in the corner like sketching, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, just being so sponges. yeah, yeah, and it was really cool. Um. I got to kind of see what that side of design was, what people were actually doing in the field. And um, like I said, get to kind of work on some of these projects, you know, in a very limited capacity. Yeah. Um, but you were getting exposure to, you know, maybe some brands, uh, some of the brand work and how they would work with these partners, right? Exactly. Exactly. So at the time, I think they were working with like... Um, some audio companies making speakers um, and and actually they were working on a like a concept box with a Reebok oh, so, wow. so that was one that I actually got to sit in and like cut some cardboard for so they were looking to like <laughs> you know do this like new innovative shoe box kind of thing yeah. and so w they gave us a few exacto knives and a, you know a couple things of cardboard and they're like here make a box what do you go guys think fun. would be cool, right? Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, go have fun while we have the meetings over here. Um, so it was cool, though, because at the end of it, we got to present, which that okay. was my first time, like, not presenting to a high school history class. Yeah. Um, yeah. So trying to explain. Do you remember how you felt? Like, yeah, I mean, there's like... not, there, was, there wasn't really pressure because I think I knew I was, like, just the kid, the kid coming in and, like, shadowing. Yeah. But, you know, I, I did feel a sense <laughs> of pressure because, you know, I wanted to do well. Um I wanted mm -hmm. to do well. I wanted to try and convey my idea and, you know, see yeah. what, what the response was. Um, right. So I, I, I pitched it. Um, it was a god-awful design, a terrible story and, and all that. But, you know, what? It was, it was cool because I got to build this, like, shoebox and explain my rationale for it. And um, I'll never forget it. Um, talking about, you know, people who have influenced my life, there was one woman there. Um, who was a graphic designer and I think uh, partially like she did product design as well um, she pulled me aside after the presentation and I mean it was it was looking back it's life-changing because she yeah. said hey look I think you have a future in design hmm. um, the way you explain things and the way that you mocked things up you have an like an idea for 3d you have an idea for storytelling um, and you know back then I was like yeah 
whatever. Like that's yeah. cool. <laughs> um, but no, it really, it really kind of struck a chord with me and mm. it, you know, it, it was somebody outside of my mother telling me I might be good at this. Right. It, it started to come from a place of, oh, wait, this person has actually like stripes in the game. Like, you know, they, yeah. they have some validation there and they mm-hmm. clearly see something in what you're doing. Um, exactly. and, was, and, that was, and so that was like the first time, again, outside of your parents that you'd heard that type of feedback. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, that's, a you know, as a 17 year old, you know, that that means something. Right. Um, I mean, it would mean something today if somebody said that to me, you know? (laughs) Um, So back then, I mean, then it was that that moment I was like, I think I'm going to be a designer. I definitely want to be a designer, you know? Um, Now, the next step was kind of figuring out my path after that. How do you navigate into that that world after that? Exactly. you're you're coming back and obviously college is a a topic or or what you're going to do after high school is a topic. Um, was, well, one, was it automatically you wanted to go to college or like, what were you thinking? College was always, you know, it was always, uh, in the plans for me. Okay. Um, I think it was very, you know, I, I, I did have a traditional kind of upbringing where like, you know, go to college, get a job, yeah. yep. you know, have a family kind of thing. So, yeah. you know, not wanting to stray from that path too much, already knowing that going into the creative field was something, you know, it's, it's stretching it, it's pushing it a little <laughs> bit. Um, you know, as my friends go to school to become lawyers and like biomedical engineers, yeah. um, I'm sitting over here like, I think I'm going to go try to design some products. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was always in, that was always in the stars. Um, and I think my, my path out was, you know, and that was my path out of California. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so it was definitely, so it, was, it was important. <laughs> it was, it was super important. Yeah. And, and so you, you had learned while you were on this trip in Portland about, you know, kind of the language of being product design and that, um, perhaps there's a couple of different schools that might have programs that you can look at too. So how did you, how did you end up deciding that you were going to go to uh, university uh, of Cincinnati, uh, completely opposite, uh, across the, across the country yep. from, growing up in California? Um, so there's a few factors. Um, the first, like I said, I'm trying to, I was trying to get out of California. Um, that was like a, that was a big point of contention, um, (laughs) growing up. Cause it's just like, I I wanted to get out. I didn't understand what California was. I was just, you know, stuck in this little suburbs and, um, it was, you know, it was all kind of the same people. I was, you know, a lot of wealth, Mm -hmm. a lot of, Mm -hmm. um, immigrants, a lot of, but like wealthy immigrants and a lot of mm-hmm. just like just of the same types of people. Not, not that much diversity. Yeah. Um, not much diversity in culture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, and to get that culture, I'd need a car or I need to get out somewhere else, you know? Um, but you know, so college was a great Avenue. And so I didn't want to stay in California. That was one thing. The, the next thing was going back to being big into sports and being like, I was the kid that would go to every basketball game, every football game, show up, you know, like just like love hanging out and kind of being part of this. Cause it was like the high school, that was the high school experience, you know, in the, from the movies. Um, so that was a big deal to me too. I wanted to go to a school that felt like a college. So, you know, looking back, I could say, yeah, I went to a big college. Like it was fun, you know? Um, so, uh, so, at, you know, not knowing that that's kind of where I was pushing, but like, I w- that's where I was pushing. Um, mm-hmm. so some of these art schools, like, art center in Pasadena that was kind of out of the mm-hmm. out of the question RISD yeah. kind of out of the question um you know there's there's a few of those other schools out yeah. there that 
you know, are highly regarded. And I was yeah. just like, I can't go there. I, you know, I'd rather my experience be for me rather than, you know, always just yeah. like just shooting for the goal. Right. So, right. And then just to clarify for you, then those schools were out of the question because they didn't also have kind of the sports culture. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah okay. That's a good way to clarify. These are great schools. Yeah. Um, but the, when you look at the sheer like size, a lot of them were smaller than my high school. So oh, wow. I'm sitting there like, man, you know, I, I don't want to go to a school smaller. I want to go to a school bigger. It's the next step. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so that kind of, that kind of put a few other schools on my list. Um, UW was one, um, University mm-hmm. of Oregon was actually one. And then, uh, on the, you know, kind of at the bottom of the list was the University of Cincinnati. Um, yeah. but yeah. what, what ended up happening was I did a, I did a portfolio review at Carnegie Mellon out in Pittsburgh. Mm. Okay. Um, so I was out there with my mom and one of her friends was from the Midwest and was like, why don't you guys just go down to Cincinnati? He, you know, Bryce got in, you might as well just check it out. Um, not knowing that, not knowing anything about the Midwest is it actually was yeah. pretty close, but we were like, it, it's close. We can drive there. It's close. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we did that. Um, you know, and I was coming off of a port- the portfolio review from Carnegie Mellon and I was like, wow, that place was amazing. Yeah. But the minute I stepped foot on Cincinnati's campus, I was like, this, this is amazing. This um, is, <laughs> it's got the, you know, it's got the city, it's got, you know, a lot of different diversity, a lot of, you know, it's, it just, was it felt different to me and it felt good. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and not only yeah. that, I went to the school, checked out the school, got a tour. And, you know, it, what I found was that they offered this amazing co-op program, this internship program. Um, and that, that kind of sealed the deal. Mm-hmm. And what was special about the internship program? Um, so mm-hmm. that, the internship program, um, or the co-op program as they call it, it's, it allows you to go to school. It's a five-year program, but what it okay. does is every other semester, instead of going to school consecutively, every other semester, you just you look for um, an internship and you you know move to wherever it is that that internship is, and you and you get to do that. So by the time I graduated, I had six internships under my belt, heading into my seventh, and that was at Nike. Yeah, <laughs> and that was at Nike. All right. So you had ended up majoring um, in industrial design, right? And you're going through this program. Um, what were some of the things that you were, were learning in this program that were um, just new ideas for you um, as a student? I think, uh, I mean, there's my world changed when I went to college. That's the thing. Um, and okay. and I'll, okay. I'll kind of start by saying it wasn't even just the design program. Um, in the design program, you're learning the basics, like how to draw, how to use color theory, how to um, use the like use the computer to design. Um, I'd say the biggest thing that I mm-hmm. learned that actually helped me as much as all the actual hard skills was learning about kind of the diversity, the like getting gaining new perspectives of mm-hmm. being in a new space and seeing what that culture kind of provides. Yeah. Um, kind of a weird roundabout answer, but I think that's something that I would want to touch on is, is how different it was to be in, you know, Cincinnati, Ohio from Um, Orange County. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, you know, there's like a, a, a much different population, um, a lot of wealth, but also a lot of poverty and they're kind of like right Mm -hmm. next to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, I learned, you know, I met people that grew up 
there. I met people that oh, wow. grew up on the East Coast. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was very interesting to be the California kid. And mm-hmm. everybody else is like, why are you here? You know? Um, yeah. yeah. Like, what are you so, doing on the East side? <laughs> yeah. So I'd say, honestly, the, that just the just the exposure to a different lifestyle was a crazy change yeah. for me. Um, and I'll, and I'll say it's like, it's Did you feel really, like completely blindsided by it. I like, think, was I, it like culture shock for you? No, I think because I was so, it was, I mean, it's college. So, you know, I'm some like some bright eyed yeah. 18 year old going to be like, I'm about to see everything <laughs> new. Right. So I, I yeah. think I was a little bit, I was already primed for it, mm-hmm. but looking back, yeah, it's, it was a huge, huge difference, you know? And mm-hmm. even like after that first year going home back to visit for like Thanksgiving, I was like, wow. I appreciate, first of all, <clears throat> I appreciate California a lot more, Orange County, um, for, <laughs> and, you know, from what it provided me to grow up. Yeah. And then also, I appreciate, you know, being in Cincinnati because, of, yes. you know, it's such a contrast. Yeah. Um, that being said, um, in school, what I did learn a lot was um, how to work independently. Mm. And also how to work as a team again, okay? Yeah. Um, because you know, you're 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 working with other kids, you're learning from them, mm-hmm. you see a different perspective from them, mm-hmm. um, and and a different, just like different ways to do things. Yeah. Um, there's there's all kinds of different things you learn from. Like, I mean, it sounds like I learned a lot more from the people rather than the school. Um, <laughs> Because I, I mean, in general, I think when you go to design school, you learn a lot of the same things. I, I yeah. might learn a lot of the same things at Art Center that I might at Cincinnati, that mm-hmm. I might also learn at RISD or mm-hmm. um, CCS, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's tons of different things to be learned. And I think that just comes with time. And that's, you know, working in Illustrator, working in Photoshop, yeah. drawing by hand, drafting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, you know, it's... At the end of the day, it's design school. So that's that's all the stuff that you're going to be learning regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, but, what, you know, what I would say is take that and and know that that's going to be in your in your arsenal. But also yeah. like, make sure you're kind of paying attention to your surroundings and mm-hmm. talking to the other people and mm-hmm. understanding where they're coming from. Because that, I think, was the biggest change for me. The biggest unlock was like that culture. And do you think, you know, one of the things that was mentioned... Um, when you went on that trip um, from that designer to Portland was uh, this, she noticed this interest in you to be a storyteller. And do you think you were just curious? You were just naturally just curious about some of the things that were happening there. Yeah. Yeah. I was, you know, it's funny. I was just talking about this um, with my fiance. We, I come from a whole family that loves to talk. They don't, (laughs) we don't shut up. My, my grandpa, he could just, you know, he just talk for forever, tell you these like super captivating, super interesting stories. Turns out these stories, Mm -hmm. you know, they might not have been as crazy as he said it. (laughs) My dad, same thing. He just, the guy can sell you a story. Um, and you know, that's, I mean, unknowingly that again is a huge skill that like being able to tell the narrative, communicate your ideas clearly Mm -hmm. and with impact, like that's a huge thing. Um, and yeah, I'd say like honing that as a skill is, is important. Yeah, truly. Um, and so you, you had mentioned this a little earlier, but 
in the program that you were in, this industrial design program um, at the university, one of the requirements was that you would do this, the co-op program, you would do different um, different uh, internships um, or the, the different language that they use, but essentially an internship every summer yep. at a different company, yep. right? And so you ended up having like mm -hmm. six or seven of these, which is just amazing. Um, but one of the interesting ones I thought was in 2014, you'd landed an internship at Vans back in California. Um, how did how did that happen? So that kind of went down um, because I so the first summer of school you get a you get the summer off. What I did instead of yeah. taking a full summer is I also tried to get in like a side internship um with a with a <laughs> i guess it was like a again it was a friend of a friend who ran a, a forward design consultancy um so i had a you know i had a, I had a little bit of experience learning how to render shoes um, how to kind of speak speak to my ideas and, and and show them on paper um so cincinnati actually sets you up with a group with like a, a list of of partners that we have had sent uh, students to before um yeah i mean talk about incredible they they kind of have it set up for you so even when yeah. you suck when you're a freshman you know you still you still have those doors yeah exactly <laughs> still got a um, shot <laughs> so yeah i mean the way it kind of worked out is i you know i was applying everywhere just boom 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 like you know portfolios e everywhere and um mm -hmm. i was so mm -hmm. i was super lucky to get in contact with vans when we come back in just a moment, we learn how Bryce ended up landing an internship at Vans and meeting a mentor that would help him navigate his new environment. Stay with us. I'm Bima, and you're listening to Claim of Stories. Hey, everyone. Support for Claim of Stories comes from Portland State University's Athletic and Outdoor Industry Certificate. Interested in claiming a career at companies like Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, or Keen? They can help by providing you with hands-on experience and connections to industry insiders. Visit pdx.edu and search Athletic and Outdoor Industry Certificate. Hey, it's Bima. Welcome back to Claim of Stories. So it's 2013 and Bryce is trying to find an internship as a part of a requirement for his major. With the help of some connections through his university, he was able to land an internship with Vans and go back to the West Coast. Yeah, I, I get down there and, you know, I think they could tell my, my skills weren't amazing. Um, I was young and I was, you know, I was, I'm, you know, that was the thing. I was eager to learn. I was always yeah. trying to ask questions. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think the thing that they really loved was I was from Southern California and, and even if I couldn't, you know, do the skills, I understood the culture. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Vans. In. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, that was, you know, that was all you wore. And mm. if you didn't wear Vans, you like weren't from California. You got the side you know? eye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, know, you yeah, must exactly. be from the East Coast. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that was a uh, you know that's a little bit of that. And uh, you know, I mean, I met one of my kind of one of my like favorite mentors, one of yeah. my favorite people, tell, one of my best friends. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Uh, I, I, like I said, I was always asking questions. Mm -hmm. I, I probably didn't do as much work as I should have. And I was probably, and I was just sitting there chatting and kind of picking people's brains yeah. while they were working. Yeah. Um, and that's a little bit, you know, how I spent my time there. <laughs> um, but it, you know, it turns out one of the, one of the newest designers that had just been hired, um, he, you know, nicest guy ever, uh, David Nicholas, he, 
he uh, he's, he sat me down, you know, like, this is how you make patterns. This is how wow. you draw shoes. This is how you design for vans, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm I'm some 19 year old kid and, um, and I'm just like, Oh dude, thank you so much, <laughs> you know, for showing me all these things. You know, mm -hmm. it's funny. Like one, I mean, one of the things, uh, that I think back to is, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm 19 and yeah. I'm just like, Oh, like I want to hang out with these people. I want to be right. friends with them. And, and David pulled me aside and he, um, he actually, he was like, Hey man, like, let's go, uh, you know, grab some beers and we'll grill up some hot dogs at, you know, at my place, come over and like, yeah. we'll, we'll kick it. Yeah. And I was like, I actually, you know, I, I can't drink. And, you know, he's, he's like, Oh, I totally forgot you're 19 years old, you know? Um, so, but what that really showed me was that like, he was treating me like a peer, you know, it wasn't like a, Hey, I'm just going to like treat you like a kid. Like mm -hmm. he, he actually, you know, he wanted to kick it and yeah. kind of impart his, you know, what his experience was. And, and to me that was like, man that was amazing that was you know, life-changing you, you, you yeah it was life-changing exactly yeah i mean i think as you know and i think some of our, our listeners are discovering is that um the power of having that mentor is maybe the difference in you know having the career path that you want and elevating you know to uh being in a completely different space um and not doing what you want to do like the mentors are are extremely critical um and just helping you get to where you want to be right absolutely i'd say like as a you know there's a there's a there's an age where you think you know everything <laughs> but it's also the same age where you need the most help yeah right yeah. so you know that's a big thing that i i'm sharing that i think is as a like a just a piece of advice is you're never too good to get, you know, some guidance from somebody who's been there mm. and, and been, you know, done it all before. The people that are in the industry are there for a reason. And, you know, like as much as you may know, somebody else might bring that extra, just that little extra different perspective that, you know, could change your whole trajectory. So, you know, being open-minded and being open to people, you know, no matter how like wacky you think they are or like, <laughs> or what, you know, what they're saying, you know, li like, listen, be open to it because that, that kind of stuff can really take you far. Yeah. yeah the, 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 those nuggets, they, they come from a place of wisdom. They've been there, they've seen it. It could definitely help guide you along your path. Um, and another thing about that internship at, at Vans, was that your first time being exposed to like the makings of footwear, like the makings of a sneaker? Absolutely. So yeah. The first kind of like internship I had that I was talking about doing like footwear renders and stuff. Okay. It was really about just the styling. It was really about, you know, everything but the construction. So when I, when I got to Vans and they're simple shoes, so I think that made it easy for me to understand, you know, mm -hmm. um, it was really interesting to see some of the processes, some of the realities, um, just some of the way people, ways people go about building and designing shoes um and and in in reality that it in itself was a huge huge unlock just mm -hmm. to like you know for future projects for future jobs for future internships mm -hmm. using that knowledge was key mm -hmm. um you know a lot of people i see you know i i'm a i'm a big footwear fan so i'm always like looking at sketches you know yeah. you know people posting things all the time or shooting them over to me <laughs> And I yeah. love looking at it. You know, people are super creative, but sometimes 
you know, there's a, I mean, there's a part of it where you got to take a step back and say, how, how would I make this? Or like, can I innovate a way to make this? Mm -hmm. Um, Because sometimes I look at things and I'm like, well, that's an amazing drawing. That is the coolest thing I've ever seen. But I, you know, manufacturing on that would be wild. That's going to cost you a thousand bucks a a pair, you know? Yeah. So that was a, it it was a little bit of a reality check. Um, And just learning, learning what patterning was, you know? Yeah. and what goes into developing a shoe, it, there's, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a know? lot. And it's a, a lot of different teams that you're working with, right? So, like, as a designer, you're not just designing a shoe and poof, it appears, right? You're you're working with uh, a developer and um, product line managers and a couple other people, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know that super well. Um, I think we both <laughs> do. Um, and, yeah, kind of going back to touching or touching back on the teamwork aspect again. No, we're going to drill it, drill it in again and again and again. <laughs> it's about the teamwork, you know? Yeah. You want to be yeah. the one that can help others to help you. You know, like mm-hmm. you're part of this thing, you're part of this unit and you want to act as such and that's going to make the best product. So learning to work with that team and learning to give and take and learning to be polite and, you know, and standing for what you believe in when, when it's the right time, that's you know, that's all, those are all aspects of working with others. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's not just working for sh- in, in shoes. That That's just a life thing. It's just a life lesson. If you can't work with other people, you're going to have a hard time yeah. getting many things done. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so after Vans, um, which you ended up interning at twice, uh, you also had an internship at Greats in New York and um, you also ended up the last internship, you ended up landing at Nike in sportswear, working on basketball. Yep. Um, tell me a little bit about how you ended up getting the internship at Nike, because that's like such a, I feel like that's a very coveted thing. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, uh, I ask that, I ask that question myself all the time. <laughs> um, there's, I think, a ton of a ton of factors that went into me getting that internship and I think a big chunk of that is luck mm-hmm. um you know right place right time mm-hmm. um again like Cincinnati kind of cued me up for that and uh we had a we had a, the actual I think uh the head recruiter come out and actually sit with us which was mm-hmm. I mean how many people get to do that you know out of the thousands of applications yeah. that are that are sent we got to face we got a face-to-face um, mm-hmm. so, you know, I'm sitting there, there's a, I can see the list. There's a list of all like the coolest designers I go to school with. Um, all like the dudes who worked at all these places The they have the, the best portfolios. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, I'm sitting there like, I don't know. I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if I got a shot. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was, I mean, it's a scary process. It was a very cool process. Um, so I sat down, I got to talk to, so the, the head, um, recruiter and, okay. um, a director of materials. Um, so mm-hmm. it was, it was really interesting is trying to navigate what I wanted to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. I, the, my, I had two interviews with them. Um, the first I talked wow. about shoes and then I left mm-hmm. that interview saying, Hey, I shouldn't have talked about shoes. <laughs> All they hear about is shoes. Right. Um, <laughs> So when I went back in for my second one, I literally, I showed one footwear project that I had already shown them. 
and the yeah. rest was you know all about basically what I'm saying here right now um, mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit about my life a little bit about who yeah. I was yeah. the art I do the hobbies mm-hmm. I you know the hobbies that I love um, mm-hmm. and what I found and, and I did this and I didn't even know I was doing this but it was showing who I was as a person mm-hmm. in a way that made them you know want to be on my team yeah. they wanted me to be on on their team and be, because I you know I, I it seemed like I brought an interesting perspective mm-hmm. I brought something different that wasn't just I do yeah, shoot it wasn't just this you know? singular thing and it's it's that thing that makes you stand out amongst thousands and thousands of applicants it's this unique story that you as Bryce ha- have that no one else has exactly like, no one else has your story exactly <laughs> Um, so that's a, that, you know, that's been a big thing to me is like, they don't, you don't always want it. It's not, it's not always about the work. It's a, mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, the work can be taught if the work's good, the work's good. Um, yep. but you know, these are people that you're working with every day. These are the people that you want to be able to, you know, the, the, the recruiter wants to sit there and be like, I hired this person and everybody yes. likes this person. Not I hired this <laughs> yes. person. And everybody hates and them, pain. you know, because that's, that's not a good look. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, again, it's like it's being trying to be helpful, trying to be the best person that for the job, trying to, you know, make friends and be polite and, and work on that team. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I somehow, somehow I made my way to Portland. You made your way to Portland. You get this internship. You're working in uh, sportswear, which is uh, in a really cool business unit at Nike and focused on basketball. And then uh, two weeks into this internship, something yeah. crazy um, happens. And you kind of hit it on the head. It was crazy. Um, <laughs> so, so you know, we get there two weeks in. I'm, you know, diligently working. And um, so I'm on the basketball team, on the Air Force One team, um, which at the time, you know, it's, that was like the hottest team to be on. It was so sick. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like you said, two weeks in, we get this company-wide email restructuring reorganization you know um there is it was following a lot of you know already a lot of cuts and um i look around and all the full-time employees are they're they're scrambling they're like you know so i'm sitting there thinking how am i going to get a job when everybody else including the people that are i want to hire me are (laughs) also worried if they're going to have a job right um so um i mean that that you know, way to turn a bad situation into a good one, you know, it, it mm. just really got me, got me searching, scrambling, right. you know, working right. really hard on my projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's funny enough towards the end of the, towards the end of the, um, internship, you know, I'd done the work that I needed to be done. Right. I, I talked right. to the people I wanted to talk to. Right. Um, it turns out there's no headcount in sportswear. So I'm freaking wow. out. So you're freaking out, right? You spent all this time thinking that all this work that you're doing is going to lead you to a, a full-time gig in sportswear. Totally. Um, so what actually ended up happening was my friend David from Vans. Yeah. He, a few years before, um, and this was after my internship, he moved up to Nike to work for skateboarding. Wow. Um, you know, throughout the internship, I, I met up with him a few times, hang out. Mm-hmm. We like, we hung out. 
Um, he took me to the space, showed me what they're working on. Right. I met, you know, my now manager. Um, I got to kind of know the players on the team, you know, just, just, and, and that, and at the same time, like at that point, I didn't know. No, no, you're like, just doing what you naturally do as Bryce Yeah, <laughs> so I still thought I was, at that time, I still thought I was going to try and get into sportswear. Yeah. Um, you know, last week, um, now at the time, I did have, I had an offer, a job offer from Vans. Wow. Um, which, you know, was an incredible thing. Um, you know, but I'm still, you know, I'm still working hard to try and try and land this mm-hmm. Nike position. But it turns out the, you know, the, the weekend before they're supposed to fly me, their Vans was going to fly me down. I get a call. Yeah. I get a call from my friend, David, you know, who oh, was boy. from Vans. And he goes, hey, dude, you should think about applying to skateboarding like Nike SB because there's a spot open, which is actually his spot. Uh-huh. You know, just the way everything played out. Yeah. People got moved from the top. Yep. People got moved up, and there was a spot right, you know, right there, right there in the in the designer one category. So I'm sitting there like, dude, I need to. <laughs> um, so I I applied. I got an interview that week um, with the with the team that I had met and hung out with at, during the internship. No way. You know? um, so just the way it worked out you know david had my back he knew that i could do the work he put in a good word for me with the manager mm-hmm. i sat down with them showed them a few extra projects i i'd done i specifically took two days and busted out this personal project oh, yeah. for sb mm-hmm. just to you know to really to really send show. It, drive it home that i'm like i care about this you know so i sat down with that team and um, a couple of days later, I get a call from HR and it was the like last day of the internship. Do you want this job? Like we would love to offer you the position. Wow. Um, and you know, it's, it kind of just goes to show you, um, the connections you make, mm-hmm. you know, from, from my 19 year old to my 23 year old self, the, the, the people I met when I was 19, the impressions I made when I was 19, um, and the kind of the follow-up with, with everybody kind of involved got me the role, you know, the work, yeah. work aside, you know, I, I'd like to think my work was good, yeah. um, but, um, yeah, work aside, I, you know, it was, it was mostly about the friends I made, the connections yeah. that I, I built mm-hmm. and, um, you know, being that person that people want on their team. Want on their I think team. They want to work that's, with, right? Yeah, exactly. So these, you know, those are the people that you're working with every day and, and they saw something, they saw some potential and, you know, I, I was able to land that spot and man, it's, it's crazy. That story That's is unreal. like, it's, it's wild. And I run it back through my head and like, you know, <laughs> I don't if I if you told me that that's yeah. how to do it. There's I don't no think way. I could have it done just, that. It, uh, there's too many different variables that are in play. But I think you know some of the critical things to point out here for the for the audience is the fact that before you knew there was an opportunity, you were already making relationships because it's just so important to have that network, especially in a big organization like Nike. Because as you know now, change happens all of the time. And what you want to be able to to know and to have in your in your toolbox, essentially, is the relationships with people that can elevate you when things are changing. Right. Totally. And, you know, it's like it's not it's never the intention to do that. But, you know, that's a that's a good perk of being that curious person, being the friendly person, um, 
is that you know it's there you know there's never there was never intention behind me being like hey maybe one day they'll be able to give me a job yeah. but at, at the same time you know it's always kind of a thought you know and and i think back to the people that i've interacted with that in you know that i that come to mm-hmm. my head when opportunities arise and also the people that come to my head that i don't want to yeah. work with when opportunities <laughs> arise it sticks with right. you you know right. um so you know just it's always put your ego down for a second mm-hmm. you know say mm-hmm. hi hang out um just yeah again be the person that that people want to you know spend their time with um and of course you know the do the do the work yeah, do the right? work um and so yeah. today you're a footwear designer at Nike SB uh, I, I would say, you know, a highly sought after role. You have uh, Nike SB dunks that are that are back, back, quote unquote, um, just as far as the attention that they're receiving across all levels of uh, people that are interested in sneakers, collectors, uh, mm-hmm. sneaker heads, uh, et cetera. Uh, can you share just for the, the casual listener, what is uh, what is like the day to day responsibility of a, of a footwear designer? Um, yeah, uh, I think you and I both know meetings are (laughs) plentiful, you know, it's a lot of meetings, um, because of it's, it's, we're, we're working on big teams. Um, I'm one part of a puzzle. I'm one part of a holistic puzzle that at the end becomes a shoe, becomes a dunk, becomes, you know, uh, like a, a pro model. And and you know so we're doing a lot of communicating and we're doing a lot of discussing and brainstorming together um so that's i mean that takes up a lot of the day but you know and i'd say that those aren't always the most the most fun but you know at the end of the day if you're working with your friends you're kind of just hanging out and and shooting the shit right (laughs) um but the but the other part of my day consists a lot of you know, it's, it's sketching, it's sitting down with my, with the other designers I work with and we're just putting up post-its and, and brainstorming and trying to mock things up on the computer and really trying to spin these stories. And, um, and, and that's a big part of it. And that's honestly, it's the Mm -hmm. most fun because you feel like you're, you're working on, you know, a problem. You're trying to find a solution. And when you do, and it comes to market and it's a success, you're like, man, all those like, you know, blood, sweat, and tears put into <laughs> yeah. that, you know, that really paid off. Um, I mean, that being said, I think I spent a lot of time at my desk yeah. drawing. I spent a lot of time in the studios and the maker labs, st- sewing up mm-hmm. shoes, sewing mock-ups up, you know, they, I'm a terrible, I'm a, I'm a terrible cobbler, <laughs> but you know, what, what I do pride myself on is, you know, executing these, these really bad mock-ups that can tell a story yeah, it gives it you know just to have somebody reference. put their hands yeah, on something tactile yeah yeah that's totally you know so, i mean i mean we all work different at nike a lot of people are just crazy spaceship renders that <laughs> i don't even understand how they had, you know approach that and you know some people you know just like to get in there and use their hands some people are sculpting clay to show what they want for the, the soul yeah. you know um, it's it's a lot of that, and and that's what I love about Nike is, as much of a business as it is, it's they they really focus on the on the creative on the designs, yeah. and um, I mean, grateful to be at a place that represents that so much. Yeah, you know? it's so it's so incredible. It's a, a design is such a, a critical 
a component of, of the company. And you can see it just, you know, outside looking in and some of the designs. It's just so futuristic, uh, but also so considered, like craftsmanship and design totally. is very considered. Um, one of the things that I think a, a win for you early on in your career, and you may not have known it at the time that you were doing it, was uh, you were, you were, you were um, uh, asked to work on this project um, on a dunk high. And one of the things that came through that request was um, maybe messing around with the swoosh. Uh, and so you actually included like a graphic into a swoosh, which I had never seen before. And this was on the, the OSCE uh, dunk high. Can you tell, yeah. tell me a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, I would love, I mean, that was one of my favorite projects. So I'd love to talk about yeah. that a little bit. Um, yeah, so that was a cool project because I was working with a skateboarder one of our pro riders and you know he's sick just a sick skater nice kid um and that's the other thing yeah. he's a kid he's just like he's just like you know it's like any of us just being like oh, man i wish i could have this thing on a on a on a <laughs> shoe um and his idea was he wanted sharks wow um you know it's like it's he wanted to kind of show that like aggressive uh, like you know like it that's i mean yeah. that's how he skates he is crazy yeah. you know so, yeah, that he wanted some sharks swimming around a swoosh and, you know, all these different graphic things. And um, I got put on the project and I, you know, I'm known as well for my illustrations. Mm. So I was like, this is perfect. I'm going to make something <laughs> really crazy, yeah. really cool. Um, and yeah, I turned a swoosh into a shark. Oh, my goodness. Um, at the, at the time I, I didn't know, I didn't even know that, that was anything crazy. It was, you know, it was the beginning of my like Nike career. Mm -hmm. I sat down, I was like, that swoosh kind of looks like a shark. What if we did that? Yeah. Um, and what were people saying? I had no, I, I had like, no idea the rules behind the swoosh at the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, still surprised it got through legal. Um, and I think most of my team was yeah. as well. Um, when we pitched it, people were just like, they didn't understand. They're like, what? You guys changed the swoosh, right? And and that's and that's kind of the fun reaction that, you know, now yeah. I appreciate because it is so hard to do something mm -hmm. like that and kind of get away with it at Nike. Um, I mean, it's our logo, it's our it's our mark. Um, but what what SB does and I and they supported me through it was expressing a different vision mm -hmm. through the swoosh. Mm -hmm. Um I mean, it's such an iconic shoe, you know, it's, it's done in a way that S only SB would do yep. it. And, um, I mean, it was a, I'm still surprised that yeah. it got through, yeah. honestly, but it, you know, what it is, is it's, it's a, it's a fun little, little, uh, part of my, you know, my career so far, so that, far. you know, I was the one that made a swoosh into a shark, <laughs> which, you know, that's, it's just some wild, some, some weird thing that I don't, I don't even know how I got to. Yeah, well, well, definitely, you know, congrats on that. That's such a uh, incredible and a unique uh, addition to the, the 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 heritage of the Nike Dunk Thanks. SB. So for you, I have to ask, um, and and maybe you decide to answer it uh, two ways if you if you want. But what's your what's your favorite SB or, or favorite Dunk SB? And maybe it's one that you've worked on, or maybe it's one that you admire. There's been a ton out that I appreciate for many different reasons. 
Some of them are, you know, the more challenging ones to make. Some of them are the crazier ones. Some of them more the more subtle ones. Um, I think we were talking about the like strange love dunks that are like all crushed velvet, and they're just like these beautiful Valentine's Day shoes that came out this year. And like, I mean, the details on those are crazy. You know, um, what else? I mean, there's all kinds of crazy things. Um, but one of my favorite shoes that um, I worked on, I mean, there's, I've done two now. One was a Dunk and one was a Janowski. was mm. working on my favorite project, which is the Dornbecker Freestyle yeah. Program. Um, and, you know, that that's my favorite project for many reasons. One, the shoes came out so good. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I can only say that because they weren't really my designs. They're these like awesome kids from the Dornbecker Children's Hospital. Yeah. It was their designs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we were able to bring those to life and, and, you know, that the program itself. And for those of you who don't know or aren't familiar, the Dornbecker Freestyle Program is a program that Nike puts on um, where, you know, s- six star patients from the Dornbecker's Children's Hospital are picked for, you know, going through amazing crazy things that you know even you know people our age older anybody in their lifetime might not go through yeah um these kids are battling things that you know are they're really heavy and and they've made it through it and their their attitudes show you know that they are you know they're strong and they've and they've kind of overcome these things so they all get to design their own shoes and the best part about that is if you're on a project with them, you cannot say no to what they want on a shoe. <laughs> so that's part of why I loved this project. It's, mm-hmm. It really challenged me as a designer to make sure that I execute on what these kids are yeah. asking for and yeah. do it in a way that is both cool mm-hmm. and appropriate for a shoe. Yeah. Um, I mean, we had the first year I did it on a dunk, mm-hmm. um, Joey the the patient from Dornbecker that I worked with mm-hmm. he loved chicken so I drew up <laughs> a little chicken and we put it on the shoe like yeah. it was the chicken dunk yeah which you know it's just only out of the the mind of a kid could you come up with something so crazy mm-hmm. and then have it look so awesome when mm-hmm. you actually do it mm-hmm. um if I had pitched that I would I wouldn't be working at Nike <laughs> you know <laughs> um they'd be like you're crazy but I mean and even on the second shoe um I did a I did, I did a, actually a velvet Janowski oh. um, with with Desiree, um, who was the designer on that one, mm-hmm. and she loved Twenty One Pilots. So, yeah. what we ended up doing was reaching out to Twenty One Pilots and getting them to sign off on putting lyrics on her shoe. Oh, uh, that's unreal! And it's crazy because you know, working at Nike and knowing all the legal hoops you have to jump through to just <laughs> you know get a phrase put on like a saying that yep. isn't even trademarked we were able to get their lyrics handwritten by them on the sock liner wow. and you know that is something that you know it's it's a crazy thing that we had to go through to get it but we did it because it's for this program and it's awesome right and you know and at the end of the day like we're doing it because it's for these kids and then all of 100 percent of the proceeds goes back to doran becker which you know how often do you get to work on a project like that at Nike? It's it's yeah. pretty amazing. It takes 
it just makes everything that you do, um, it zeroes you in on the things that are important. And you really get to just really acknowledge the fact that, oh, wow, there, there are really important things happening in the world. There are people that are in situations that are unthinkable. And if we can do a little bit of what we can do with design and product to improve the situation, like that's an incredible, that's a credible experience to be a part of. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. so you, you've had a, a lot of amazing things happening uh, in your career so far, and you still have so, so far to go. Um, one of the questions I like to ask a, a lot of people that, that come on the show um, is that, um, you know, a lot of our listeners are trying to figure out how to discover their dream career. And um, you've, you've done that. You're on your path to doing that. Uh, what advice would you have for them on their journey? See, I've got to think of something new that I haven't been harping on this whole time. <laughs> um, you know, I'd say figure out what you like to do and, what, and, and make sure it's actually what you like to do. Mm. You know, it's not for... I didn't get in designing shoes because I wanted to be a famous footwear designer or I wanted to be some, like, you know, well-known person. It's because I just love shoes. I love holding the shoe and looking at it and being like, wow, how do they make that? You know, like it goes back to my tinkering days. It's where it's just like, I just want to build something and make it, you know, build it well, you know? So that kind of thing, I think it's, it's all about like knowing yourself. It's all about asking yourself the questions, what you want to look, what you want to do, what you want to do with your life. And then I'd also say a lot of it comes down to being open. If I hadn't, if I had said, yeah, whatever, mom, like, that doesn't sound like something I want to do because I, I didn't come up with that. You know, it's about being open to the opportunities, open to learning um, and and kind of just, yeah, just having that perspective be okay. That was Bryce Wong. He's a footwear designer at Nike Skateboarding in Portland, Oregon, and he's been with the brand since 2017. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. Find out more about Bryce and get access to all of our episodes on our website at claimastories.com. And while you're there, please give us a review. If you'd like to connect, follow us on Instagram at claimastories. Our show this week is produced by BJ Fergozo and Adrian Anaya with music composed by VDOT of The Creative State. Thanks also to Oilung Maui and Caitlin Williams. I'm Bima, and you've been listening to Claim Stories. Stories.